So this is the time of year when uh, people, well, maybe a week ago, when people start talking or thinking about New Year's resolutions and New Year, New Me, and all that kind of stuff. And it's very interesting. I just came across some statistics of uh, New Year's resolutions. Uh, this, this research was done in the States <clears throat> to see how many people actually keep to them. Because I know I wouldn't be really as diligent in these kind of things as, as I would like to be. Um, so apparently, uh, it's not great, really, the number of people who, who actually stick to the New Year's resolutions. The most po impo popular things to, to work on, if I can just find it now, uh, were... Here we go. Uh, exercise more, 50% decided for that. Um, save money, 49%. And uh, eat healthier. Why? 43%. Okay, very good. And let's see now. Something like 57% decided, decided to make no New Year's resolutions at all. <laughs> Respect. Look, at least, at least they're not raising a bar that, that, they, that they have no intention of following. Like, so, so there you go. Uh, so, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's interesting that only about 7% of people keep their New Year's resolutions. About 7%. Uh, which isn't really wonderful. Um, let's see now. Of those who made New Year's resolutions, after one week, 75% were still successful. After two weeks, that number dropped to 71. After one month, it drops again to 64. After six months, about half people have dropped off. <coughs> people drop off, start dropping off pretty quickly. Only about 7% see their New Year's resolutions through. Now, uh, I, think, I think New Year's resolutions are a good idea. I think <coughs> the church in its calendar doesn't necessarily indicate New Year's resolutions for the beginning of a new year, but like there are seasons of fasting, for example, Lent, where, uh, again, it's not about kind of losing weight or eating healthier, uh, but it's about self-control, self-discipline, you know, learning to control my own appetites, not just in food, but in general, like as regards how I use my time, in regards how I use my money, prayer, fasting, almsgiving, these areas, do I do, to look at those uh, more intently and see if there's something I can improve, something I can, I can add to my program, something I can remove from my program that isn't, that isn't necessary. But, uh, but I think they're a good idea. New Year's resolutions are a good idea. I think it's important to not to bite off more than we can chew. We spoke about this a couple of days ago as well. Uh, to not decide to do something that's simply so difficult and so complicated and so hard that it's never going to happen. That if we want to be successful, Small incremental changes are far more likely than are far more likely to be successful than saying, you know, I'm never going to eat chocolate again. I'm never going to eat ice cream again. I'm going to run for half an hour at five o'clock in the morning, regardless of the weather. No, you won't. Okay, we live in Ireland. You will not get up at five o'clock in the morning and run in the rain in January. No, you won't. Uh, <coughs> so, to take something that we can do, something that we will do. <coughs> Obviously, accountability, partners, other people are very, very helpful in this because if you've got someone that you run with or someone that you exercise with, obviously, the day you don't feel like it, you're like, come on, come on, Bridie, we're going for the run. And, um, and then the day you don't feel like it, they're like, come on. And so a bit of, it does help. And that's in, hence why we have these seasons in the church in community, you know, a season of prayer, fasting, almsgiving. Uh, <clears throat> So it's good that we keep each other accountable. Okay. Why is all this important? It's a, it, this is important because uh, 
spiritual progress is important. It is important that we grow in our spiritual lives because if we're not moving forward, we're actually moving back. It's unlikely we actually just stay put because that doesn't tend to happen in, in nature. Like you're kind of moving one direction or the other. You're kind of growing or you're dying. <clears throat> in our spiritual lives, if, if we're not moving forward, we could well be moving backwards. So then from a kind of a, a fervor that we used to have in our 20s, 30s, or in our teens, or, or when we got our first Holy Communion or Confirmation, that kind of fervor and desire and joy that we used to have, maybe we don't have that anymore at all. Maybe that's, so maybe we've gone backwards since we were 12. You know, so this, this, if this can happen. And the main thing, the key thing, like the central thing that we're called to grow in as Christians, as Catholics, is, and I'm sorry if this sounds completely predictable and obvious, but love. That we, we grow in love. Now, <clears throat> the difficulty with this particular word is that it's way overused and very misunderstood. And even the expression love is love course it is but what do you mean by that I mean of course a phone is a phone a book is a book love is love a table is a table a candle is a candle okay uh, but what do you mean by that uh, because love is love is loaded with meaning which is not necessarily conducive to to our Catholic or Christian faith at all <clears throat> okay we'll look into that in a second my dear people, let us love one another since love comes from God. And everyone who loves is begotten by God and knows God. Anyone who fails to love can never have known God. So to fail in this task of, of growing in love, is, it's, it's catastrophic. It's really, really bad. Because the chances are we could fail to love those around us and actually fail to love God. Now, if we do that, uh, we're, we're in serious trouble. If we live life for the next contract, for the next um, paycheck, for the next soccer match, for whatever it may be, but not, it's, not, not, it's not a life of love, then we've missed the whole point of our existence. Like that's, that's pretty serious, like to miss the reason for your creation, your raison d'etre, right? Your raison d'etre, as we'd <laughs> say in Ireland. You know, if you miss that, like then, you, like you, you've, you've, everything else is just entirely superfluous. The reason we're here, the reason we're on this planet, is to learn how to love. Because learning how to love makes us like God. If it makes us like God, then we're ready for heaven to be taken into God. If we get this wrong, we miss eternity. So love then isn't just, uh, I don't know, feelings, doing things we like. Um, it's not just kind of doing some kind of peripheral things that, that kind of tick the love box. You know, I've Give them some money to charity there once or twice to help out in the kitchen, soup kitchen once a year. Nice, do that. Please, I mean, do help out in soup kitchens and do those kind of things. But uh, again, another thing which is very, very important for love, which we mentioned here before, is that <coughs> consistency beats intensity. Every time. Consistency beats intensity. And this is where, where love is really put to the test because we were, we were studying the catechism there yesterday and... Um, we came across this issue, was it yesterday? It must have been yesterday. yesterday. And uh, came across this, this issue of, of intensity versus consistency. Like when it comes to, to, to love, um, it might be that there's a person who you kind of half know, and if someone, if, if Liam there were to pull a gun on Anya, I might dive in front of her you know, to protect her, right? And might end up taking the bullet, which would be kind of fairly heroic. Um, <laughs> I said I might. 
Maybe, maybe, maybe I wouldn't. Take her, take her. <laughs> but, uh, and if I did, that would be kind of a, you know, an intense act of love, right? But, and it's, you know, it's nice to do those kind of heroic things, but it's actually harder just to kind of keep in regular contact with Anya and ask her every couple of weeks, every couple of months, how you do? Call over to her, say hi, give her time. That's, that's harder, if I'm honest. The, the kind of one split second jump dive bullet dead, um, that's kind of, kind of easy, actually. Whereas consistency, consistency is much, much harder. And even I think in our minds as well, this idea of kind of heroic heroism, uh, heroic love or heroic actions, kind of appeals to us. But again, those, those kind of intense one day events where we go swimming in the sea for charity, you know, in, on, on the first, what, what is that, this is the first of January or is it the 26th, whenever they do it, for those kind of things. They do a sea swim for charity. It's good, it really is good. I mean, I'm not knocking these things at all. But those kind of heroic things where everyone says, oh, you went swimming on the 26th of December, fair play to you. Oh, look, I, mean, I was just doing it for charity. I mean, it's okay, just helping the poor, who, who, who did it for? The, yeah, the, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's nice and it, it's good to do these things, right, okay. But consistency, like helping out weekly at a shelter, is much, much harder. Loving our spouse, our family, uh, again, one really intense kind of holiday together, um, where you do spend lots of time together. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's good. That's good, really. Yes, yes. But if we're not in contact and talking uh, well of each other on a daily basis, the one week in the Bahamas doesn't really make up a good marriage. You know? You must be regular, consistent, rather than super intense and rare. Now, apply all of that then to our relationship with God. We're called to love God above all things. Put him first in our lives, like first in our lives. That means even before spouses, family, career, and anyone else we love. That's, that's not easy. That's not easy. L learning to love is it's a very difficult school. Because uh, I was, we were talking about this uh, not so long ago here. Uh, that learning to love is very, very difficult. Because you have to love people not too much and not too little. And it's a bit of a tightrope tight at times because some people are just really, really lovable. And some people really, really aren't. <laughs> <laughs> but they can never know. They can never know that you find them hard and them easy, you know, like them easy to love. And then you, everyone must be loved equally and loved with all of your heart. And then not fall in love either and then not, not kind of be cold with others either. It's like, it's a bit of a... I was just ta talking to a priest who said he remembers uh, an experience he had when... Um, he was dealing with this, this couple and there was this uh, lady who was um, in a difficult marital situation. So uh, she used to come, for him for, to come to him for advice and, and, and so on. And, um, you know, she enjoyed having someone who finally would listen to her and understand and take an interest. And then, you know, he'd check in on her every now and again just to see how, how, how she was doing because the situation was fairly rough. And... Um, and again, nothing, there's nothing sinister, no, no, no sin here at all. Uh, but as the years went on, you know, like he was continuing to walk with her. Again, it was like it's all above board, nothing scandalous at all. Uh, but then he said, he remembered that at a particular gathering, he saw this lady 
talking to another man, right? Not her husband, but another man. And obviously she was enjoying his company. She was laughing a lot. And he just said, for the first time, I felt this shot of jealousy. <laughs> I was actually jealous. And then it just, he just realized, oh my goodness, what, what, has hap- what, what has happened in my heart here? And uh, so he, the next time he was talking to her then, uh, he said, look, I think we're going to have to kind of maybe talk a little less. Because he said, to be honest, I think I know you better than your husband. And she said, well, you do. And he said, well, that, 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 that can't be the case. Uh, and then she said, and to be honest, I've, I've loved you more than him for a long time. And then he just went, oh, my goodness. <clears throat> it's one of those moments where you can't say, well, I've loved you too. You can't. You have to say, oh, that's right. That's, uh, that's nice. Um, so it was just one of those kind of heartbreaking moments where you just have to call a spade a spade, bring the light of truth into the situation. You are married. I'm a priest. I think I've given you too much of my heart. Got to separate. You know? Learning to love in the right way can be absolutely heartbreaking. But if we get it wrong, if we get it wrong, then we, we mess up an awful lot. We mess up our uh, interpersonal relationships and, and risk heaven. Because, we, because what's the key component of love that the world has, has forgotten? This reading is so powerful. Anyone who fails to love can never have known God, because God is love. God's love for us was revealed. How? When he said nice things to us? when he got us nice gifts, also there. But God's love was revealed to us when he sent into the world his only son. Why why was he sent into the world? So that we could have life through him. This is the love I mean. Not our love for God, but God's love for us when he sent his son to be the sacrifice that takes our sins away. And that's the key. That's like the heart of it. That authentic love requires sacrifice. <clears throat> and if we're not, if we, if we never learn that here, hopefully we'll get a shot at it in purgatory. Uh, but this is the, the the essential lesson: learning, learning how to love, and that an essential component of of love will be self-sacrifice. And that's that's difficult. That's hard. And that requires consistency. That's why those those kind of those flash in the pan, once-off moments—they're easy because they don't necessarily require sacrifice. But consistency does, as you all know from any New Year's resolution you've ever tried. You know, giving up chocolate for a day or two a week, it's fine. You'll manage. But like to say, I'm going to give it up for the year. To get up even five minutes earlier than you normally do and pray a deck of the rosary, it's fine for two or three or four days. But come week two, you're like, does it really matter? I, I'm a good person. I recycle. I saw a puppy once and I gave it some of my sandwich. Like, why do I have to get up early, you know? And all these kind of, just reeling it all back. Consistency is harder because consistency requires sacrifice. But without sacrifice, we will never learn to love. And that's just the reality. So if we wish to be like God, if we wish to be the saints he's calling us to be, an essential element of that would be that we learn self-sacrifice. And if we do, we'll actually discover in that the ability to love and a form of happiness we'll actually discover a freedom and happiness in that. 
because otherwise life is all about me and the satisfaction of my desires, which ultimately does not make us happy, ironically. So we ask the good Lord today, in the grace of this season of Christmas as it's drawing to a close, we thank the good Lord for the season of joy, the season of, of light, but we ask him for the grace to learn how to love those in our lives, those who are difficult, those who are practically unlovable, just those who maybe don't like us at all and speak badly about us, how to love them, how to love those who try our patience, how to love those who are too lovable, those who are already married or those who are already in situations and we find our hearts leaning too much towards them, how to, how to learn love but not too much, how to love in the right way, how to love disinterestedly. Lord, we ask you to teach us to give our hearts first and foremost to you, that all nations might fall prostrate before you, O Lord.